Look, we have a lot of fun here at Remember the Game Industries. You've all heard my obnoxious, high-pitched laugh on the show. I love it. Video games are fun. The Simpsons are funny. It's good times. You know what isn't fun? Shopping for razors. And I don't mean that to sound sarcastic. It genuinely sucks. That's why you shouldn't shop for razors. You should just get them delivered by Harry's. Pick up a $3 trial set at harrys.com RTG and see what I'm talking about. I'm not going to stop beating the Harry's drum because it's a drum worth beating. The best razors on the market at better prices than the crap at the store and they're delivered to you. It's like a shaving cheat code. You've heard me say it. I have been a Harry's customer since I was driving a forklift at a company I'm not allowed to name but you all know who it is and sure my beard gets some praise now but i was a stubble guy for a long time and i still use harry's blades to keep the edges of my beard crisp so it looks like i have a jawline and if you've ever tried to shave along the edges of a beard you know that you can go through blades fast because there's a lot of weeds to whack in there but harry's blades just keep coming back for more i'm not just saying it there's so much better than the junky stuff you get at the store that means a faster cleaner shaving and two you buy less blades because they last longer the best razors for less money brought right to your door i don't know how else to say this harry's is on top for a reason the best reviews in the business customizable delivery schedules so you get them when you need them i can't see a reason not to use Harry's. Getting ripped off isn't funny. Switch to Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash RTG. That's harrys.com slash RTG for a $3 trial set. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Remember the Game. It is my retro gaming podcast where every week a buddy of mine and I sit down and we geek out about the games we played back in the day. My name is Adam Blank. Thank you so much for listening to the show. I say every week. This week, actually, it's a little bit different. We'll get into that. Uh, because this week it is episode 244, and it's one of our prestigious Patreon poll winning episodes. Uh, if you don't know, every month our patrons wage war on each other and they vote on games that I've never played that they want to hear on the show. And the winner gets some screen time here in my house, and then it gets an episode of Remember the Game. And I'm a little behind on these. I just, I am catching up. Uh, Golden Axe won the Patreon poll for February. Metroid 2, The Return of Samus won the Patreon poll in March. Those are both coming sooner than later, I promise. But Earthbound Beginnings won the Patreon poll in January. It's the original Earthbound game, also known as Mother. Uh, It was only in Japan for a very long time. It only found its way over here to North America in the last decade or so. And uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge, huge fan of Earthbound. I love that game. I like Mother 3 quite a bit too. I'd never played the original until now. And I, uh, oh man, I, <laughs> I don't even know where to start because I don't love this game. Uh, but I do love Earthbound. And this is like Earthbound beta kind of. I don't want to hate it because it's Earthbound, but it doesn't have most of the cool stuff Earthbound has, but it does kind of have some of it, and just, I'm all over the map with this game. I I have a lot to say about it this week, because it is the prequel, and it's ground zero to absolutely one of my favorite video games of all time in Earthbound for the Super Nintendo, and, uh, like, I'm glad I finally played it, I'm glad I've seen what it's all about, but honestly, 
I don't think I ever want to play this game again. Earthbound, I've probably played through half a dozen times. I don't think I ever want to play Earthbound Beginnings again. Uh, I did not finish it, for the record. I had some weenie on Twitter that was like, uh, uh, hey, uh, why are you actually going to tell people that you don't finish all the games that you review? Hey, And I was like, I literally tell you on the episodes, you dipshit. That's how you knew that I don't finish the game. So uh, feel I want to make sure I make this clear. Feel free to criticize me. Uh, I'm never going to be upset about that. Tweet at me, criticize me, criticize. I don't care. Just don't be an asshole about it. I'm totally fine with it. Just that was all anyways. Uh, so no, I did not finish the game. I just, I couldn't take it anymore. I, it's just way too grindy. It's way too cryptic. It's kind of confusing. You need a walkthrough to play through it. It's just not my cup of jam. Uh, and I want to make sure I make this clear. If you love Earthbound Beginnings, I will warn you right now, I'm going to be very critical of it, but I also think I'm going to be fair. Like, I don't go Scorched Earth, Echo the Dolphin on it or anything like that. It's an NES JRPG, and that's something I tried to keep in mind when I reviewed it because those games aren't perfect. They had their warts, but they weren't without their charm. And we'll get to all that in just a minute because speaking of having some warts while still also being a little bit charming, it's time for another edition of the Remember the Game infamous intro. And if you're new to the podcast, welcome aboard. Consider this your warning. Our intros are kind of long, but they're fun. They're fun. And I guarantee you, our intro has 100% less random encounters than fucking Earthbound Beginnings does. Uh, but seriously, though, if you do want to skip it, go about 30 minutes up the road. You'll, you'll be in the... It's actually a little shorter this week. You'll probably go about 20, 25 minutes up the road, and you'll get into the Earthbound chat. Because uh, I'm rolling alone this week. I don't have a guest and uh, the reason for that is because, frankly, not a lot of my friends had played this game. And I just had a lot I wanted to get off my chest and say about it. So what I've actually done is normally I let my Patreons write in with their thoughts on the game. And I read those before I shift uh, into the game chat and talk to my guests. This week, I actually worked my listeners' comments into the game review because I'm recording it right now. I'm, normally, we do the game chat sometimes a week, two weeks, up to a month before I record the intro and put the episode together. I'm doing the whole thing in one shebang today, so we're going to skip that segment, and I'm just going to read some of your comments during my Earthbound Beginnings review. So anyway, point being, if you don't want to listen to the intro, if you're just here for the Earthbound Beginnings chat, skip ahead about 20 minutes, you'll be there. Also, just quick, we've had a couple issues lately with the podcast. Uh, last week's Stuttering Craig episode, I ended up having to take it down, re-upload it, and then it worked perfectly. It seems to be a Podbean issue, who is the host I use for my podcasts uh, i'm looking at options right now don't bother sending me any thank you i've had tons of offers i'm well not tons but I, tons of people have reached out offering me like hey i use these people i'm looking into options if you are having issues with it i recommend just with any episode of remember the game uh where it cuts off after like 10 15 20 minutes whatever i just recommend deleting it and then re-downloading it 99 of the time that fixes it, all right? Okay, let's get into the, the plugs and stuff. That's how I keep the bills on around here. We have merchandise, hoodies, t-shirts, coffee mugs, posters, tank tops, all kinds of stuff, rocking incredible art, drawn by my man Joe from 4545creative.com. You can find our merchandise at rememberthegamepodcast.com if you're interested. It's a great way to support the little guy and support our show. And of course, if you don't like clothes, I get it. I'm not a big clothes guy. Summer's here. Well, almost. Here in Edmonton, it's like... 10 degrees today, which feels like summer. So if you want to be out there naked, you don't need clothes. I get it. You can always just support us on Patreon. Subscriptions started as little as $2 a month, and you can get yourself up to four extra podcasts a week. Every second Monday, we do Purple Monkey Dishwasher, our Simpsons podcast, hosted by myself and Mark McHugh, where we review episodes, and it's a lot of fun. Every Tuesday, I have The Rambling Idiot, where I talk about my comedy career, TVs, movies, sports, and whatever else I feel like chatting about. Every Friday, it's Game Patch, which is my modern gaming news show, where I talk about the biggest news in modern games, 
games, uh, give you some sales picks, talk about new releases, etc. And Expansion Pass goes live every single Thursday, and that's a different gaming podcast every week. We do rankings, we look back at characters, consoles, genres, we do comparisons, there's some comedy episodes, there's a ton of modern game reviews over there. This past week on Expansion Pass, it was episode 157, and arguably the most anticipated Expansion Pass in the history of the show our Super Nintendo Draft. Four of my regular guests came on the show. They each drafted 10 Super Nintendo games in a pick'em style where one person, once a game was picked, nobody else could have it, so they have four unique libraries, and then our listeners got to vote for who drafted the best lineup. It was so much fun. Feedback on it has been great, and as is becoming tradition, here is a sneak peek of last week's episode of Expansion Pass. Remember the game Fantasy Draft, Super Nintendo Edition. So we're going to get this thing started. We did a random order to decide who was drafting first. Keegs has the distinction of the first overall pick. In the NES draft, Super Mario Brothers 3 was the consensus. Had to be the first overall pick. I don't think there is a consensus here. So Keegs, the floor is yours with the first choice. What game are you picking, my friend? All right. Well, you did actually reveal it early uh, before we started recording. Uh, I am going to take Link to the Past. because Link it's to just the Past. The fucking best Zelda game ever. Link to that. Now I was going to ask uh, you: Is there, is there, other than the fact that it's the best Zelda game? Like, is there? Do you have any other? Like, there was a lot of games on the table. I don't want you to reveal your yeah. hand because the next game you want might be there when you get back to you. Yeah. Uh, well, was this for me, choice? it's also for yeah. Uh, it's one of my first like memories entirely. Is just like my uncle babysitting me and me watching him playing Link to the Past. So I like it. Hell yeah. I don't think like I was like, dude. No matter what you take, some people are gonna complain. But I'm like. That's a safe first pick. So that's now available on our archives. And this week, it's Expansion Pass 158. And it is the Super Mario Bros. movie review. You guys have been asking for it. I went and saw it on Friday. Spoiler, I fucking loved it. And I'm going to get all into how much I loved it and all that stuff uh, tomorrow. 24 hours from right now on Expansion Pass 158. So again, that'll be available to all of our Patreons as of all of our bonus podcasts. Subscriptions start at two bucks a month to get new shows every week, instant access to hundreds of ad-free bonus podcasts, plus access to our Remember the Game Discord, the chance to vote in our Patreon poll every month, the ability to submit comments to be read on our shows. You can DM with me and you get a shout out and get to hear me mispronounce your name like I'm about to do to most of these people. A huge thank you to all of our newest Patreons. Danny Digla, Suicidal Sanchez, The 40-Year-Old Gamer, Mario P., Andy Armstrong, Austin Mace, Bill Thorson, Mamushka, Andu3000, Rado, <clears throat> Real Acid. I hope I did that justice. That's a great pull. Papa Thunderfist. That'd be a sweet porn name. Uh, Peyton Miller, Just Turd Smoke. That would be a less good porn name. Mason Taylor. There's some who call me... Tim, Gonzo Hernando, Daniel Gear, First Timer, Kit Stoker, Eric Miles, 1600 Doctor, the B is for bargain, Nick Sims, Trevor Casey, Luke Heidebrecht, Luke, sorry Luke, I'm sure I fucking ruined that, apologies, Fancy Justice, Chaz Hammond, Neil McKinnon, and Pancake Jesus, thank you all so much for the support, and welcome to Remember the Game Industries, patreon.com slash remember the game, and don't forget, 5% of our income on 
Patreon every month gets donated to the Stollery Children's Hospital, and we offer annual subscriptions that'll save you your 12th month's fees if you want to do pull the trigger on the year all at once. And finally, if you want to, you can find me on Twitch, twitch.tv slash memberthegame. I have no real schedule. I just get on there whenever I can, but you can come by and tell me why I'm wrong about your favorite game or give me shit for not finishing the games and not telling you, even though I tell you on every fucking episode. I, I don't know what that person was on, but anyway, they'll get the help they need. That's enough blowing myself. Let's blow some of you by blowing in some cartridges. It is our opening segment here on the show. I read a few comments and questions from our patrons, usually gaming related, but not always. And we call this segment blowing in the cartridge. He blows all right. He blows big time. That's it, honey. Get into the spirit. Let's blow our first blower this week is Straw Hat Luigi, who wrote in and said, Hey, Adam, just wanted to say you've been a big help with helping me get through this year. I went through a rough breakup in January, and I'm still not doing the best, but I'm about to graduate college, and I thank you. My question is, how do you feel about speedrunning, and is there any game you enjoy watching, or have you ever thought about doing it yourself? Uh, Well, first and foremost, Luigi, congratulations on... Well, I mean, you know, I, you said you're about to graduate, so I'm assuming you're on, like, the five-yard line. Don't fumble the ball now. Get into the end zone before you release that ball. But congratulations on graduation, and I'm sorry about your breakup. Don't let that... I know it sucks, but don't let it get you... You're Luigi. Everybody fucking loves Luigi. You can... You'll get laid. I promise. Don't you worry about that. You have a college degree, and you're Luigi, and a straw hat. You're gonna... You're, you're gonna be fine, my friend. Keep your head up. Uh, as far as speedrunning, I like speedrunning enough. I didn't like it at first, and then I started watching Summoning Salt's YouTube videos, and uh, if you've never watched them, check them out. Summoning Salt's fucking aw- We actually have a, an interview with Summoning Salt, who I don't know if he still holds the record. At one point, he held the record for the fastest, I think, KO of Mike Tyson and Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. Uh, you can find that interview in the archives of Remember the Game. Definitely check out his YouTube channel. He does all these like great documentary-style videos about uh, various games and the reductions in the final speeds and speedrunning and stuff. And he's I've really developed a respect for speedrunning in the speedrunning community. Uh, I don't really watch a lot of it myself. I just watch Summoning Salt's videos, and that's where I get my fill. As far as what I, what I ever consider doing it myself... Probably not because I just have so much I need to play for the show as it is. I don't really have time to dedicate all the the necessary reps to to working on one game to get ready for a you know taking a run at a speed run record. But uh, if I was, I did think about trying to do Ninja Turtles for the NES at one point, the original. Uh, I just yeah, I don't I just don't think I have time to to do the reps over and over and over and and get good as the kids say. But I yeah, I like speedrunning. I I'm not a big fan of the speedruns where they use like the glitches to just get to the end of the game. I understand that that's a separate category and some people are into that and that's fine. I prefer just the straight up they got good uh do it the old fashioned way speedruns myself. But that's me. But yeah, I yeah, I do enjoy watching them. Definitely check out Summoning Salt if you haven't and you're at all interested. Great 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 YouTube channel. Uh Rubik's aka Arthur David wrote in and said, Adam, my son wants to know, KFC or Popeyes? Popeyes, and it's not even fucking close. And maybe that's just because we didn't have Popeyes here in Canada for a long time, at least not here in Edmonton. Uh, We got it a few years ago. But uh, yeah, Popeyes, dude, fucking Popeyes. KFC, I like KFC, but Popeyes is where it's at. Popeyes is the shit. And KFC gives you the shits. You see? Yeah, you see? Uh, Kyle, (laughs) Kyle Paul wrote in and said, hey, Adam, just a quick question. Do you think we will ever see AEW fight forever? Dude, at this point, fuck the Fido. Like, I want to play that game. I'm going to buy it when it comes out. But the AEW has been saying for like a year now. They're like, oh, our game is done. We're just not sure. And like, they have a big event coming up this summer now where they're doing it. Like, uh, I can't remember the name of the stadium. The big uh, the big soccer stadium. One of the big soccer stadiums. I'm sorry, guys. I don't know anything about soccer slash football, whatever you call it. You know that. But anyway, they have a big, big, big stadium show coming up. Um, maybe they'll release it then. Uh, I don't know. But I, I at this point, dude, 
fucking, I'll believe it when I see it because we were supposed to get it last year. It was supposed to come to game pass and it wasn't coming last year. Then it wasn't coming to game pass. Now it's done, but they don't know when we're going to see it. And I don't know. At some point, I assume we're going to see an AEW video game, but fuck if I know. Uh, TBO Castlevaniac wrote in and said, Hello, Adam. Great Super Nintendo Draft episode. It really shows how great the console's library is. But you, sir, are on double secret probation for having never played Final Fight. It is, in my opinion, the ultimate beat-em-up of its time. That's fair. I get, I get, I will, I will, listen, first of all, thank you for the kind words. I'm glad you enjoyed the Super Nintendo draft. Second of all, uh, I get put on a lot of double secret probations for not playing games that listeners love. And I'm, that's fair. Cause I put people on double secret probation for fucking sneezing. So I'm not going to get mad if I get put on it for not playing a game you love. I have heard good things of this final fight. I'm going to be, I'm going to just put my cards on the table. Uh, the box art does not like, what's the saying don't judge a book by its cover i judge video games by their box art back in the day final fight if i'm looking it up i'm making sure i'm talking about the right box art if it's the box art i think it is it is the worst fucking box art yeah and that box art is goddamn fucking terrible like nobody's gonna i'm not gonna look at the box art to the original that logo i've made better logos than that the original Final Fight on the Super Nintendo, nobody, I'm not walking by that and being like, that's what I got to play on my weekend. Not when there's Ninja Turtles and stuff. Get the fuck out of here. But I do hear that Final Fight is very good. For you to say it's the definitive uh, beat-em-up of its time, uh, I, having never played it, I can't officially say, but Streets of Rage 2 is on uh, the line three. Street, Streets of Rage 2 to me is the best retro beat-em-up ever. But I've never played Final Fight. Maybe it's better. I will get to it eventually. Probably. Once I get over that fucking box art. Man. I'm assuming they, like, if you're saying it's that good, they must have put all of their money and resources into the game itself and had about $30 left to ask someone to design a cover for it because, oof, P.U. Uh, Rob, <laughs> Rob Mason wrote in and said, Adam, have you ever gotten into a series late, uh, have you ever gotten into a series in a late sequel without pray, playing the previous entries? I just finished Devil May Cry 5 and it's the first Devil May Cry I ever played. I loved it and will play through the entire back catalog now. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, off the top of my head... The one that jumps off the page to me is uh, God of War. I played God of War 2018 or 16 or whatever it was, and I'd never played the original trilogy. I have gone back and played the first of the original trilogy now, and I like it. I don't like it anywhere near as much as I like the modern ones, but it was good. I got to play two and three at some point. So God of War is up there. Resident Evil. Dude, I played Resident Evil 4 without ever playing 1, 2, and 3, and now I've played just about all the mainline Resident Evil games, and I love all of them except 6. Uh, but I started with that. Um... Those are the two that really jump off the page at me that like I started late and then had to go back and work on, especially like, like ones with like some form of continuity in the storylines and stuff. I'm trying to think if there's another one that jumps off the page. I'm looking at my game shelf here. Mm, no, nah, you know what? We'll go with, uh, yeah, let's go. With, those are by far. Those are probably the biggest two resident evil and God of war. So, and yes, uh, uh, I I've gone back and played most of back catalog of, Resident Evil, and I'm in the process of working on the back catalog of God of War, so I get it. Uh, Captain Alcatraz wrote in and said, Hello there, Mr. B. I had some nice glowering, Mr. B. Uh, shout out to anyone who gets that reference. On Game Patch, you mentioned the Sony handheld console that may or may not be happening and also touched on Sony's struggles to stay relevant. Is it just me, or is there a whiff of the dying days of Sega about all this? I know it's probably unlikely that Sony's going anywhere, but with stiff competition from Microsoft and wonky console decisions, this all seems strangely familiar. I just, okay, so I want to make sure I make myself clear. I, I do not think Sony is struggling to stay relevant. I, maybe I miss spoke on the show i do think that they're trying a lot of zany gimmicks to make sure they don't get stale 
uh, like Nintendo's got the Switch, Xbox has Game Pass and cloud gaming and stuff, and now you've got Sony's like, hey, we have PSVR too, and they're like, hey, four people bought it, and they're like, hey, our controller can heat up or cool off soon, and they're like, hey, we, if you don't know, they're working. We were talking about it on Game Patch last week. They're apparently working on like a cloud handheld device that would be a remote play partner console to the PS5, and I think they're looking at Xbox streaming to, to phones and stuff, and then Nintendo Switch and this Steam Deck. I'm thinking we can get in on that. I just want to make sure. Like, I don't think that Sony's in trouble. Sony. It like listen, PlayStation has been the king of the gaming castle for fucking almost 30 years, like 25 years now. And I don't think they're going anywhere. And now that the PS5 is really available, they're probably just gonna run away and win another generation. And I think the PS5 is a great console. I think it's ugly as fuck. Ugly as fuck. But I think it's a great console. I love the controller. I've been very happy with my PlayStation 5. So I just want to make sure I make my myself clear and maybe if I misspoke, apologize. I don't think they're trying to stay relevant. What I do think they're trying to do is not go the way of a blockbuster uh, or, you know, insert your favorite, hey, they were big and then they got boring and everyone got sick of them here. Um, I think they're just throwing a lot of shit against the wall right now to see if something sticks so that they don't become stagnant in case some other gimmick takes off and they're just back there. They've been doing basically like you look at the PS five and while it's a great console, Sony has basically done the same thing for five generations. Now, similar controllers, similar systems, similar interface, like similar everything. And it's working. I'm not, you know, if it's not broken, don't fix it. But I think they're just trying out different things to see if something catches to make sure that they don't become, you know, the, the plain old bologna sandwich that you've been eating every day for 40 years. Uh, do I think they're going the way of Sega? Not in the sense of I think they're dying. Maybe a little bit in the way that they're experimenting with stuff. But I think the difference is Sega experimented with so much stuff that it cost them their brand. Sony is like, we're, everyone knows us. Lots of people love us. We're just going to try new things to see if something catches on. So I get the comparison, but I, I think they're doing it in a different way. And I don't think they're in trouble of, I, I would lay a nice chunk of change that they win in their fifth straight generation. I, I, I think Xbox is going to attempt to take a run at them with game pass and everything, but it's Sony's they're not going anywhere. PlayStation's not going anywhere. Uh, thanks cap. Appreciate it, buddy. It's OG says, Hey Adam, first time blower, almost a year long listener at this point. Hope your day is going well. I actually had a question I've been wondering about. What is it you don't like about PC specifically? I've always been a console guy, but last year I bought a PC because I can get Xbox game pass, the PlayStation plus app and all the PC exclusives all in one place on it. It was basically a buy for convenience, better graphics and processing power, but I still use a controller for almost all the different games. It has just basically become a central hub for all my gaming. Um, so the long and short the long and short of why I don't like PC gaming is it just, I find it very confusing. And, uh, you know, like I, every time I try to play something on it, I get fucking fucked around and I got to do this or install this or fucking change. And I'm like, I just don't, I just, I find it very, I, I don't, I don't find it convenient. I want to just turn on my console, pick up my controller and play my game. And I know people say like, we could do that with PC. Yeah, you can, but you got to set it all. I don't want to set it all up. I don't want to fuck around with it. I don't like sitting at my desk all the time when I play. I, I hate using a mouse and keyboard. Um, that's really just, that's the primary. I don't understand PCs. I'm not good with computers. I don't understand the specs and how to up them. I don't like using mouse and keyboard. I don't have to fuck around with my settings. I just want to pick up my console and play. That's why I love my Steam Deck because it's the closest thing I'm going to get to being a PC gamer. I can just pick it up and play. So at the end of the day, what it is, is I just don't understand them and I find them frustrating. That's what the more than anything to answer your question. That's what it comes down to. Uh, Jose Silas, I hope I said your last name right, uh, Jose, says, Hey, Adam, hearing your passion about the Ninja Turtles has inspired me to get into them as well. What is the best starting point for a newbie like myself? I would recommend checking out the movies, Jose, uh, particularly the OG from 1990, Turtles 2, 
uh, is also the secret of the ooze is very good. Turtles three. You can watch if you want to be a completionist TMNT from 2007 or whatever year it was. You can watch if you want to be a completionist. Uh, I like the Michael Bay movies. Some don't. I do, but I would recommend starting with the movies. And if you have Paramount plus the 2003, 2012 and rise of the TMNT, which are the last three animated series are all on there. So you can check those out too. And if you're interested in comic books, check out the, you can get the hardcover editions of the IDW turtle series for about 60 bucks a piece, or you can get the soft cover for less. I think, um, they're fucking outstanding. So there's like so much to get into. That's where I would start. Start with the movies, check out an animated series. And if you want to read, go with the IDW comics. They're awesome. Uh, and good luck. And make sure you like Donatello the most because he's the best. And then uh, finally, before we move on, it's letter time. It's letter time. Pressing X wrote in and said, I'm not trolling here, but after being a longtime listener, I would love to know what it is that Adam Blank hates so goddamn much about The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask. As a Sega kid, I'm only now playing through the old Zelda games. I'm at the halfway point, I think. Oh, and at the halfway point, I think Ocarina of Time, it's Tim, pardon me. I'm struggling here. And at the halfway point, I think Ocarina of Tim is great, even though I have no nostalgic ties to it. Majora's Mask is next for me, but I wanted an insight into what makes it so divisive. So, uh, yes, I get asked this a lot. Why do you fucking hate Majora's Mask so much? I want to say, I I really want to like Majora's Mask. Um, the pro I have two problems with Majora's Mask. Number one, I don't like the way the 64 Zelda games control, period. doesn't matter if it's Ocarina of Tim or Majora's Mask. I fucking hate... I hate the way they fucking control. I will never move off of it. I struggle... I didn't like Mario 64 first either. I finally came around to it once I could play with a pro controller. I don't like playing 64 games very much. And when the 64 came out, I was like, I love my Link to the Past. I love my Link's Awakening. The only 3D Zelda that even remotely cracks my top five is Wind Waker. I don't like 3D Zelda. Breath of the Wild is fine, but I prefer my Zeldas in 2D. I don't like 3D games very much, or at least not as much as I like 2D ones. So that's part of it. I think both games control like shit. And people always write in and say, try the 3DS ones. I have. I've I've beaten Ocarina of Tim on the 3DS, and I got into this. I got the second because there's like four major temples I think in Majora's Mask, and I got to the second one on the three, and I was like, I can't do this anymore. I fucking hate the way they control. And then the second thing is, I don't. I think Majora's Mask is, and I'm not trying to get in an argument with any of you. I'm just being honest. I think Majora's Mask is an unorganized mess. I love that storyline that you have three days, and if you can't win in three days, it resets, and then you need to do like I loved Returnal. I like those types of games. I just don't like the way Majora's Mask implements it. I think it's an unorganized mess. I can't tell what the fuck is going on. I don't know where you want me to go, and then adding these frustrating controls and I just I fucking hate that game I just don't like it and it's it's a very big deviation from the Zelda formula and that's why I think it's divided I think more people like it than dislike it but the people that dislike it I think dislike it because they changed everything about it so much it's Ocarina of Tim but with a whole new system and story and everything and again I would love to do what I wouldn't give for like a remake and I don't want the 3DS remake I want like a fucking super switch remake of Majora's Mask clean up the menu make your game make sense make it control good and I probably love it but those are what drive me crazy I can't figure out what you want me to do and I can't figure out how to make Link do what it is you don't want me to do and that's why I just don't like it that's why I don't like Ocarina of Tim very much either I just don't like the way it controls but at Majora's Mask add in the confusing system I just I'm just lost I just I hate it but if you like it, there is an episode of Remember the Game uh, with Mark and Bradley McHugh as the guest hosts. The only time I've not appeared on an episode of the show. And they uh, suck that Majora Mask dick all over the place. So if you want your fix, 
Go check that out, all right? Thanks, everybody, for your submissions. Thank you for writing in, as always. We need to move on. Let's get to our Smash It segment, the official game show. Remember the game industries it is. Play one, remake one, erase one. And a huge thank you to Classic Concentration from the NES for unknowingly providing us with the theme music for the show. The rules are simple. Every week I give our patrons three retro video games. They can play one as it was released, remake one as a modern game, and the third is a race from time forever. And as always, there are no wrong answers, but there is a right one. And we'll get to that in just a minute. And this week, since we're talking Earthbound Beginnings, I decided to go with three more NES JRPGs that weren't Final Fantasy. So we have Crystalis... Dragon Warrior, Crystallis, I don't know how to say these, Crystallis, Dragon Warrior, and Faxanadu, is it Faxanadu, Faxanadu, I have no idea, uh, 32% of you said you would play Dragon Warrior, remake Crystallis, and erase Faxanamanadu, uh, let me see what a few of you had to say here, and then I'll tell you what the right answer was, B Money said, for me, play Faxanamanadu, because the name and the cover always fascinated me as a kid, yet as an adult, I realized I never got around to trying it, I would remake Dragon Warrior, because it's such a classic JRPG, and I'm surprised it hasn't been remade yet, uh, I'm talking Final Fantasy PSP level remake and then I'm erasing Crystalis because in all my years of gaming I've never heard of it so in my opinion it can't be anything special harsh but the rules are the rules listen I will lie to be money I'd never heard of Crystalis until I started the show and there is a very vocal group of this community punching their steering wheels right now because you said you'd never heard of it I, I, I get it but there is a vocal group that love this fucking game uh, Lord Finish said play Dragon Warrior it's no secret I'm a fan of grinding and Dragon Warrior is all about grinding so all day every day remake facts and nanadu an underrated action rpg which had its flaws but some polishing on the gameplay and a slap of fresh paint would do wonders and maybe more people would fall in love with this game as i did as a kid and erase crystallis even though this is a classic and loved by many it also has its flaws and because those other two games are my absolute favorites this one's gotta go i just never fell in love with it that's fine you got two games you love and one you don't, then of course you're going to... I have no problem. That's sound logic, Lord Finish. That's why you're a lord. Uh, Acid Burn said, Play Faximanadu. I never finished it, and I'd like to see the ending. Remake Crystalis. It's a great Zelda-like adventure game, but can use a better menu and Super Nintendo graphics. And then Erase Dragon Warrior, because I like it, but not enough. And that, you know what? Listen, I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I'm not erasing Dragon Warrior. I have a soft spot for that game, which I'll explain in a minute. But I get I get, It is probably... I've never played Crystalis or Faxa Banadu. I'm assuming Dragon Warrior is by far the most bare bones of those three. I can't imagine it isn't. Uh, now, na uh, Navigante is getting read, written, written, getting read. Navigante, Navigante is getting read because they actually wrote in how to say their name in their comment. I don't know. What is that called? We put the graphic brackets and you spell out how to pronounce the word. Uh, but Navigante wrote that in. So I probably still said it wrong, but you're getting read because of that. Uh, Dragon Warrior was my first game on the NES and will always be the OG plus the series is at what 11 now it doesn't need a remake Facts of Manadu was a cool concept great atmosphere but it has some jank which would benefit from a remake and I've heard good things about Crystalis but I've never played it so it has to get the axe good choices this week thank you Navigante and thank you for telling me how to say your name but I probably still said it wrong and the habitual line stepper said play Dragon Warrior the various sequels have eliminated my need for a remake remake Faximanadu I haven't played it since the NES days and I'm sure those nostalgia goggles are very foggy and then erase Crystalis I'd never played it I've never heard of it as far as I'm concerned it never existed anyways send your angry emails to the habitual line stepper at gmail.com Crystalis fans leave me alone 
Uh, I'm not erasing Crystalis. I'm going with 19% of you this week, including a Portillo Comedy who said never played any of these. So I'm going straight up on box art. Play Crystalis because it looks the most interesting. Remake Dragon Warrior because it has the most potential for the best cover art, but it looks phoned in. And erase Faxim and Adu. It has the classic fantasy look, but it falls short in the art department. Also reading that daggers and wing boots await me doesn't really get my tingly bits going. Uh, my decisions are not based on the box art, but my order is the same as a Portillo comedies. I would play Crystalis just so you will all stop fucking asking me to play it. I'm going to play it eventually just to find out what all the hubbub is about. And then you'll all fucking leave me alone. And I'm going to remake Dragon Warrior because I love that game. I, I don't know why, because normally I hate random encounters and grinding, but there's something about the simplicity of Dragon Warrior that I just love. I would remake it and just give it those sexy triangle strategy, Octopath Traveler graphics. Oh yeah. And then I'm going to erase Faxim and Adu. I very rarely erase games that I haven't played, but I have no idea how to even say it. And every time I see the name, it irritates me. So I'm erasing it for its stupid name. That's it. Thanks, everybody, for writing in as always. What have I been playing over the last seven days? I'll tell you. And then we'll get into Earthbound Beginnings. But first, we're going to pause for potentially a quick word from one of our sexy sponsors. If you're hearing this, you're probably a gamer. And for our kind, nothing is as precious and valuable as our save files. Have you ever experienced the loss of a save file? It's soul-crushing. Dozens, maybe hundreds of hours of work. Gone. Like that. But at the end of the day, it's a video game. It matters, but kinda, you know? That exact scenario, but with a work project, an essay for school, data for your business, that's no joke. That can be really serious. You need a safety net. And I got you, fam, with my partners over at CrashPlan. Visit CrashPlan.com slash RTG for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. CrashPlan has been protecting people's data since 2001, and a couple years ago, they set out on their own with one mission, to provide the best damn cloud backup solution on the market. CrashPlan runs quietly in the background of your computer or Mac and every 15 minutes on the clock they create a new backup of every file that's changed in that time. So if something goes wrong, God forbid, you don't lose hours, lose days, lose weeks of work. Just log into your account and you can download your most recent backup from the secure cloud servers. And there's not just one backup. There's a laundry list of them. You can pick and choose which one you want. It's like the ultimate undo button. If if you work on a computer in any capacity, CrashPlan is a must-have. And if you're thinking, ah, that's for big businesses, I'm just Joe Schmo. CrashPlan protects Joe Schmo. They offer a ton of plans and tiers. So there's a crash plan for everyone from small one-person businesses like me to you fancy businesses in offices with staff and free donuts and all that stuff. Time is money. Why wouldn't you protect your work? Spreadsheets, diagrams, videos, art, podcasts. CrashPlan has you covered. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash RTG for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash RTG for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. All right, what have I been playing over the last seven days? Uh, so I've started Fire Emblem Engage. And I really wanted to play it. And I don't know. It's not that it's bad. I just, it's not scratching me where I itch right now. I'm, I'm going to bench it for the time being. I'm going to go back to it. I like Fire Emblem. And nothing about it is, I mean, the story kind of sucks, but that's fine. Nothing about it is not, is like, turn me off. I just, you know, and it's like, I just am not feeling this. And that's all it is right now. And I'm like, this is a very long game for me to force my way through when I just am not feeling it. So I'm going to temporarily shelve it and I will go back to Fire Emblem Engage at some point. I'm also playing Resident Evil 4 Remake, which I am feeling. 
Um, the more I play it, the more I like it. I'll probably review that on next week's episode of Expansion Pass. I've been playing a little bit of MLB The Show 23, just when I want to kill some time. And I started playing EA Sports PGA Tour. I fucking love it. it to me, it's a return to form. I'm really enjoying it. And that comes from someone that really enjoyed PGA 2K23. Uh, I'll probably do an Expansion Pass in about a month comparing the two golf games. But I'm really enjoying it as well. So... There you go. Uh, that's what I've been playing. Let's talk Earthbound Beginnings, right? That's why you're here. That's the main event. Now, normally, this is where I would give my listeners a chance to sound off and weigh in on the game we're covering before my guest and I would hog the microphone. However, this week, I don't have a guest, and I'm recording the game chat live as I do the infamous intro. So what I'm actually going to do is just get right to the review, and I'm going to sprinkle in some listener comments throughout my review instead. So, uh, yeah, should be good, right? So with that said, I'm going to queue up some Earthbound Beginnings music. And when it stops, I'm going to look back at Earthbound Beginnings, a.k.a. Mother, which originally reached in Japan on the Famicom on July 27th of 1989 and finally found its way to North America on June 15th, 2015 on the Wii U eShop. Enjoy the podcast, everybody. Let's go. All right, Earthbound Beginnings, Mother. Where do I? I don't even know where to start with this one. I um, just quickly, just I'll give you a quick. Most longtime listeners know this, but I'll give you a quick breakdown of my relationship with this franchise because, admittedly, I don't like this game very much, but I almost feel obligated to give it a passing grade because it's the origin story to one of my favorite games of all time. I love Earthbound. I'm not the world's biggest JRPG fan. I either like, like, I could take or leave the genre as a whole, but in the Super Nintendo era, the three RPGs that really just jumped off the page and made me fall in love were Earthbound, Super Mario RPG, and Final Fantasy 2 slash 4. And I don't know if it's that giant box. I don't know if it's that it came with the player's guide. I don't know if it had starred a kid with a backwards hat and a, or with a, I guess he didn't wear it backwards, but a baseball cap and a, and a, and a baseball, but I don't know what it is about Earthbound that just clicked with me, but I've probably played through that game six, seven, eight times throughout my life. We've actually dedicated two episodes of Remember the Game to Earthbound. Remember the Game number 19, and then we revisited it on Remember the Game number 225. So if you want to hear what all the hubbub is with Earthbound, go check those out. That's where the that's where the franchise started for me, and it instantly became one of my favorite games ever. I love it. Uh, I played Mother 3, which, so quickly, just so I don't have to keep explaining it, if you don't know, uh, the Earthbound franchise was originally called Mother. That's what Earthbound, Earthbound Beginnings was originally known as Mother. Uh, Earthbound was Mother 2. And then we got Mother 3 on the GBA some time ago in Japan. That game has never been officially ported over to North America or Europe, I don't think. I don't think it's ever gotten... Correct me, I may be wrong on Europe, but I know it's never found its way over here to Canada land in the United States, other than through a fan translation. And a buddy of mine got me a GBA cart of Mother 3 with the English translation on it for my birthday a few years ago. And I finally got a chance to play it. And I really like, I don't like it as much as Earthbound, but there's, I could probably count on both hands the number of games I love as much as Earthbound, but I really liked Mother 3. Had the same, if you've never played any of these games, very quirky JRPGs. They star kids as opposed to like knights and dragons and stuff. And they're they're fighting this like old intergalactic weird being that's like, tra well, Mother 3 is, I'm not going to get into the story of Mother 3. But anyways, uh, they use like baseball bats and frying pans and yo-yos as weapons. Like they're, they're very um, untraditional as far as JRPGs go. And I fucking love 
the the later two, Earthbound and Mother 3. I, I really like both those games. So I've always wanted to play Earthbound Beginnings. Always. And when it first released in North America almost 10 years ago now, and the English version got dropped on the Wii U eShop out of fucking nowhere, I couldn't believe it. And I bought it like day one. I was like, holy fuck. I was like, the NES Earthbound? I've always wanted to play this game and just see where this franchise started. And it's very rare that I fall in love with a Super Nintendo game without playing its NES counterparts first. I can't... And I don't even know if I could think of one. Zelda, I guess I played Link to the Past before I played the original Zelda. Castlevania, I played a little bit of Castlevania before the Super Nintendo one. Mega Man, Mario, Contra, Kirby... Like, it's very rare that I, I've fallen in love with the Super Nintendo version and then finally went back and tried the NES version for the first time. This was one of them. And I was so excited to see. And I didn't expect Earthbound Beginnings to be as good as the Super... Almost every Super Nintendo game is like a jacked up better version of the NES counterpart, right? And and Earthbound is no different. Er, like, I, I would be shocked if there were people out there that think Earthbound Beginnings is a better game than Earthbound on the Super Nintendo. But I, I was like, that's fine. I don't need this game to be better than the Super Nintendo Earthbound. I just want to see where this started. Just be a playable retro RPG, and that's good enough for me. Just be basic. Be like a beta, which it is very much. It feels like a beta to Earthbound. But then I finally sat down and played it. And I, I probably put 15, 20 hours into it. And I, I don't like I want to like it. But like I, but I just, I just, I just don't. I just, I can't look past. Listen, I've played Shining Force on the Genesis, and I understand how archaic that game is. If you've never played it, it's a tactical RPG. I understand how archaic that game feels compared to playing like a Fire Emblem or something today. I was able to look past it. I had a great time. I love Dragon Warrior. Even though there's really no story, there's no party, it's just walking around grinding so you can buy new armor and then going to the next area. I have a soft spot in my heart for that game. I played the original Final Fantasy on the NES, and while it's my least favorite Final Fantasy of any of the Final Fantasies I've played, I still liked it enough. It was like, I see the I see the brilliance here. And I could see what Earthbound Beginnings was trying to be, but the stuff that's broken in it, just, I can't get past it. And I just, I just, I just, Oh my, this game was like pulling teeth at times. And I'm just warning you all right now, if you love this game, I am going to be hard on it. Not going to go back to the dolphin, not going to get rage filled and angry. I'm just going to explain why it didn't click with me. That's all. Uh, Andrew Wright wrote into us on Patreon and said, my only memories of this game are watching Adam's frustrations grow as he got deeper into it on stream. The January Patreon poll results are the reasons why hot dogs can't have nice things. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, I, I appreciate because I, 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 I don't think people voted for this game in our Patreon poll because they thought I would hate it. Maybe some did, but I really think a lot of people voted for this game in our Patreon poll because they were like, Adam loves Earthbound. He'd probably really like to play the first one and see where it came from. Maybe I'm wrong, but I'm giving the listeners the benefit of the doubt that they voted for it because they thought I would enjoy it. And I really tried to enjoy it. I was streaming it. People were coming by the streams and watching. And the problem was that we'd have the occasional person that would pop into my Switch chat and be like, this, this is why this game is so great or this is what made it special. And I see that, but I was like, I just cannot look. This is not, it's not, at the end of the day to me, it just wasn't fun. 
Um, my initial thought. Let's. So I've kind of broke my comments down here, and like I have like some bullet point no- notes that I want to go through. So my initial thoughts on Earthbound Beginnings is that it looks like a basic Earthbound. It looks like a beta version. It looks like they were developing Earthbound on the NES, and then they decided let's go to the Super Nintendo, and everything will be so much bigger and brighter and more colorful and awesome. And which very cool. And I want to make sure I make that clear. That's why this game got as much time from me as it did, because I can see the connection to a series that I love so much. And it was neat to see a game that I love so much rendered in kind of an NES style graph. Like Nintendo, the main character from Earth or from Mother, Earthbound Beginnings. I don't know which one I'm gonna I'm gonna call it both. It's Mother and Earthbound Beginnings. I'm gonna call it both. Nintendo, the main character, looks like an NES version of Ness. And I love which is the main character from Earthbound on the Super Nintendo. I love that. It was cool seeing some of the old villains, but in the NES version. And like it was I enjoyed that very much. It was very nostalgic and it was very charming to me. And I, I really enjoyed that. NES RPGs as a whole are tough because I just feel like the genre really hit its stride on the Super Nintendo. And I think most of you old school JRPGers would agree with me. Maybe not all of you, but most of you would agree. If not the PS1, the Super Nintendo era, like that's when JRPGs really, you know, Final Fantasy 2, Final Fantasy 3, Fantasy Star on the Genesis. Obviously, you got the Chrono Triggers, the Earthbounds, the Mario RPGs, the insert your favorite RPG here. The 16-bit era was, in my opinion, where RPGs really fucking found their stride and took off, right? Dragon Warrior, Final Fantasy, the games on the NES, they're fine. The problem is that I just don't love JRPGs to begin with. I have a very... I either either really like one or I can't fucking stand it. And there's no real in-between for me. And this one, like, I was in the I-couldn't-stand-it camp. But because it had that Earthbound connection, I, I, I forced myself to like it. If that makes sense. Um, I think the only JRPGs I've played on the NES are Final Fantasy, Dragon Warrior, and Earthbound Beginnings. And I would probably rank them Dragon Warrior, Final Fantasy, Earthbound Beginnings from best to worst. At least my preference to my least favorite. That's all. Uh, that said, well, while Earthbound Beginnings is the one I enjoyed the least of the three, it is by far the most ambitious of the three. By far. And you know what? To be honest with you, I'm sitting here saying that the only reason it got as much time for me as it did is because I love the Earthbound franchise. But at the same time, if I hadn't played Earthbound on the Super Nintendo as many times as I had, I think I might have liked Earthbound Beginnings better. The problem was that it lived in the shadow of its Super Nintendo counterpart, and I just couldn't get over the difference. And I understand that it's not fair to like it's like it's not fair to take Super Mario Brothers and compare to Super Mario World. I understand that. But I just can't help it because the problem is that Earthbound Beginnings basically does everything Earthbound does, just not as good. Super Mario Bros. plays different from Super Mario World. Link to the Past plays different from the original Legend of Zelda. This plays like a poorer version of Earthbound. So it's very, it's impossible not to compare them. And Earthbound just does everything better. And after playing it so many times, it's very hard to go back to what feels like an unfinished beta version of a game that I know like the back of my hand. The problems with Earthbound Beginnings are the story's not very good, the characters aren't that good, the combat, the magic, the inventory. Well, okay, the inventory might actually be a touch better, and I'll get into that in a little while. But just about everything about it, there's there's literally nothing about Earthbound Beginnings that feels like a better, like that that doesn't feel like a lesser version. It feels like a Wish.com Earthbound. And it's just, it's, I can't get past that. It was really fun to see where the series started. It was a very charming game. I connected to it in that sense. I'm glad that I've, I don't regret playing it. I got pretty far into it. I'm just, I'm done. I'm good. 
I just, I just, it's so, and the biggest problem with it, I think, and most of the people that wrote in agree, is it's just such a grind. And I understand that I like Dragon Warrior because it's a grind, but Dragon Warrior to me is like a fun, chill, I can listen to a podcast or watch a movie while I play a grind. This was like a, you can't just go on, like, you, you, you have to pay attention kind of shit, boring fucking grind. It just wasn't the same grind. It was a bad grind. Johnny CCDC wrote in and said, so I've tried to play this twice now. Praise be to that auto fight feature, but I shouldn't have to do something like that. Hit auto and go do something else while playing the game. It's funny because the good things in this game didn't get, the good things of this game didn't get to Earthbound, like being able to run on the overworld, for example. But it was still cool seeing its humble beginnings. So yes, being able to run on the map was awesome for the record. Uh, I never used that auto thing because frankly, dude, there's too many times where you get pulled into a fight where all of a sudden you just get crushed in two battles, in two attacks because you don't know what's coming. And it's just so much fighting. And we'll get more into that. If you've never played this game, I've never played a game with random encounters like this. And you need to grind and grind and grind. Ah, oh. And it just wasn't fun. I was like, this fucking sucks. Because it's not just like, okay, when you grind in Dragon Warrior... You find a new town, and then you're like, okay, I need 800 gold to get the new weapon, and I need 700 gold to get the new armor, so I need to grind around this town until I get 1,500 gold. But you just stay near the town, and you grind the same few enemies, and whenever you need to heal, you go back and stay in the inn, heal up, go out and grind again. But in this one, you fucking go to all these different... It's so big. I said it's ambitious. But you go to these giant areas where you never know what's coming around the corner, and then you end up fighting these fucking wacko enemies, and then if they kill somebody, you can't bring them back to life until you go back to the town, which might be a fucking mile away to bring one back. And then every time you get a new character, you need to warp back to fucking Magic Ant, which I'll get into explaining all this in more detail, to buy some equipment for them to keep them alive because you can't fucking buy it anywhere else. And it just, ah, oh, ah, oh, I fucking, fucking, oh, I hate this fucking, I fucking hate parts of this game. Anyway, let's talk. Okay, so the story. Let's talk about the story of Earthbound Beginnings. I want to say it was very cool to see the origin of Gygus. And I don't know if I'm pretty, if you've never played Earthbound, the main villain is G-I-Y-G-A-S. And there's been some controversy about how to say it. Some are going to write in and be like, it's Jigus or Jigas, or I'm calling it Gygus. Uh, I was born a Gygus caller and I'll die a Gygus caller. That's what the villain is always going to be called to me. And it's very cool because Gygus shows up in Earthbound, the Super Nintendo one, and he's this alien being and the four kids have to get together to stop him. And it's cool seeing that like he's the origin of the, you see the origin of Gygus in this one. And then he, once you defeat him, he takes off and then he obviously shows up in Earthbound and same thing. Four kids get together, have to track down eight melodies and use them to beat Gygus, which is what happens in this one too. So in a different way. So I will say I liked that um, as far as the story goes. It was awesome to see the origin of a villain that I really, really like. But I don't know if it's because I wasn't paying attention. I don't know if it was poor translation. I don't know what it was. I could not get into the fucking story of this game at all. I have no fucking idea what's going on outside of the fact that I've played Earthbound and I know about Gygus and stuff like that. You start the game out with Nintendo. That's the kid's character or the kid's name. I almost always leave my characters their default names in JRPGs, particularly for this podcast so that you all know who I'm talking about. Uh, so you start out with Nintendo who looks like an NES version of NES from the Super Nintendo. And then eventually you, you get joined by a kid named Lloyd, who I'm assuming is this version's counterpart of Jeff from Earthbound. Uh, you find Lloyd in a garbage can at a school on a roof. Yep. Uh, you get joined by this girl named Anna after you give her back her hat and she has some magic. So she's like the Paula uh, from Earthbound. And then a gang leader named Teddy fights you. And then after you beat him up, then he joins you. So that's your party. And I, I just like the, the, 
I really didn't find much reason for any of these characters to be working with me and coming along with me. And then to top it all off, uh, they're all useless. I, that's the, it's frustrating to me. Like aside from Nintendo, the main character, uh, I, other than getting with each character you add to your team, you get more inventory slots. Cause it's not like a final fantasy where you have one giant inventory menu in the earthbound games, which has always been the biggest criticism. I have of the original of earthbound on the super Nintendo too. Uh, each character has like 10 inventory slots or in this one, they have eight inventory slots and that's it. So you can carry eight items. And then once a second character joins your group, you get eight more items in their inventory. But if they die, you can't use the items in their inventory until you take them out of their inventory and add them to the inventory of one of the people that are living. If you've played Earthbound, you know how fucked up the inventory system is. doesn't get much better in this. The only thing that makes it a little better in this is that your equipment, your weapons, and your armor don't stay in your inventory. Once you equip them, they're taken out of those eight slots. So you don't have to use up. Whereas in Earthbound, the items you equip stay in your inventory slots and burn one of the precious inventory slots you fucking have so anyway that's frustrating but the point i'm making is that i find these characters useless other than they they like they can take damage instead of nintendo taking damage which might keep the main character alive longer which i need because he's the only one that can really do enough damage to win a fight i found them useless lloyd is a useless pile of shit unless you're using bombs and bottle rockets with them um anna the the magic user uh, sucks until like the very end of the game unless you grind and grind and grind and finally get up to having some good magic spells. I found Teddy used like it just they're just the characters aren't good. It's frustrating. I don't know why they're with Nintendo. I don't know why Nintendo is out to save the world, and I don't know why these care. Why didn't Nintendo go out and find good sidekicks instead of these three sidekicks that are fucking useless and don't do any fucking damage and just anyways. Um, and then as far as like the story and finding your way around the game. Uh, the the next and like I this is I'm not even gonna necessarily criticize it for this because Earthbound on the Super Nintendo came packaged with a with a strategy guide and I don't I've never tried to play that game without knowing the strategy guide. Like now I can play without the strategy guide because I know it so well. I don't know how enjoyable Earthbound on the Super Nintendo would be without that strategy guide. It can be a cryptic game at times, but if that one's cryptic, this one is fucking a foreign language in Braille and I have no feeling in my fingers. I have no fucking idea where I'm supposed to go in this game. And the problem is that you can't walk around and explore and figure it out for yourself unless you're willing to go through countless random encounters that are such a grind and then you're going to die over and over and fuck me. Poop Q wrote into the show and said, I knew nothing about this game, but I wanted to start here before playing Earthbound. I quit playing about 10 hours in. I'm sure if it was the only game I had, I would have kept grinding. But personally, I can't enjoy a game that requires a walkthrough to play with. Earthbound is a little bit cryptic on the Super Nintendo, but like I said, this one, dude, I would have I would have had no fucking idea where the fuck to go. There is so much empty space and space between towns in this game. And there's so many instances where it does not tell you where to go. And you can get to all these different towns, but a lot of the towns are full of stronger enemies than you're ready to fight. So if you go to the wrong town, try thinking maybe that's the right town, you're going to end up getting into a whole bunch of random encounters with enemies you're not strong enough to fight because the rest of your team sucks and then you're going to die and there's no way to easily revive your teammates and fuck it, fuck! You need a walkthrough. Do not play this without a walkthrough. I, I gave up. I always try to play my games without walkthroughs and I lasted like fucking two hours of this and i was like give me a walkthrough i have no idea what the fuck is going on fuck me 
Michael Katz wrote in and said, I was about 12 years old when I tried to play this in Japanese on Nesticle. For those of you that don't know, that was an NES emulator with a hairy ball sack as an icon on the windows. The encounter rate was so high that I got maybe an hour into the game before I gave up on it. I might give it another chance on the Switch Online. Also, I don't read or speak Japanese, so I'm sure I would have gotten lost very quickly if the encounter rate didn't piss me off so much first. Uh, yeah, Dude, I remember I downloaded a ROM for this years. Fuck, shout out to Nesticle. I remember Nesticle. I downloaded a ROM for this game a long time ago and wanted to play it as well. But it was in Japanese and I had no idea where to go. And I, I played it like 10 minutes. I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. Um, yeah, it's, and that, that's another person writing in. It's that encounter rate. It's just fucking unfathomable. Like, it's... Oh, my God. We'll get into the encounter rate in just a minute. A couple other things I want to talk about. So the whole concept of the game is you have to travel around the world. You have to collect these eight melodies that form a song that you can use to defeat the alien bad guy, Gygus, at the end. I'm down with that. That makes sense. Doesn't really explain it to you very well, but I'm down with that. It makes sense. Um, and I like that it's kind of zany. Earthbound is zany, too. Like, Earthbound, you go to some weird locations. You're like, oh, here's a town. There's another town. Here's another town that's haunted full of zombies. Here's a giant city. Now you're going to this kid who lives in the winter, and he's going to take a space, like a winter area, and he's going to take a spaceship and crash it into the zombie town to help you. Now you're going to go to a summer town. Now you're going to go to a desert. Now you're in a swamp. Now you're in a fucking a crazy world full of dinosaurs. Now it's like, it's they're, they're all weird games, but the thing I liked about Earthbound was I didn't feel there was as much dead space in between them, whereas in this one... It just felt like a whole bunch of areas of nothing with tiny little areas with a couple of buildings in them. And those giant areas full of nothing are just full of so many fights. And we'll use that to segue into the combat because that's where I really wanted to get with this. Jesus Christ, there is so much empty space. Dude, if you... You know, like if you look at a map of the world and it's like, what is... I think it's like 70% water or something like that. You could take that same map and make it the map for Earthbound Beginnings and it's 70% empty space. And that empty space is full of fucking random encounters after random encounters after random encounters after random encounters. It is the worst random encounter system I think I've ever fucking dealt with. You can go 45 seconds to a minute without a fight and then all of a sudden, dude, literally it's every step you fight. Every fucking step for like eight steps. It's fight. Fight, 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 fight. It fucking, oh my God. And listen, I'll be honest. One of the reasons I love Earthbound on the Super Nintendo is because it doesn't have random encounters. All the enemies you have to fight are actual bad guys on the map and you can see them coming and you can avoid them, which I, oh, that turns me on. I fucking love that so much. I didn't expect that in this game. I understand that the NES might not have the capabilities the Super Nintendo did. Maybe it wasn't possible to put all the enemies on the overworld for you to avoid. But for the love of God, you could have cut the random encounters in half. It, it feels like it was never playtested. It's just so fucking tedious, dude. And it's just, and as someone that likes Dragon Warrior for the grinding, this is too much fucking grinding. It's, it, it literally is one step on the map to fight, to fight, to fight, to fight, to fight. Fuck me. And the fights are tough. And listen, I knew that those fights would be tough going in, right? I've played Dragon Warrior. I've played Final Fantasy. It's almost like there's like invisible walls. There's invisible fences, like an invisible grid on the map. And when you cross that invisible line, you trigger battles with new enemies that might be tougher than the ones you've been fighting. I know that those might be what's coming, and I'm okay with that. I understand that's part of the game. I get it. But my God, dude, like it's not that the fights are tough. It's that you might accidentally walk into a new area trying to figure out where you're supposed to go and end up fighting new enemies that are too tough and you get a new fight every fucking three seconds. 
It's fucking insane. And then there's no way to revive your characters for like three quarters of the game. If your one person dies, you have to hike all the way back to a town to revive them in a hospital. And I know that was part of Earthbound 2, but you also had magic that could revive. And you don't get the magic that can revive in this game for so long. And you could carry around cups of life noodles and different items that would bring a... a, Like you could equip... It's like having a phoenix down from Final Fantasy. You make sure you have a few items in in your inventory to revive somebody. There is not a revive item available in like the... I don't even know if there's one by the end. As of the time I finished playing this game, I have yet to find an item that would revive a dead ally so you accidentally walk into an area that's full of two strong of enemies and then they're fighting you every two fucking seconds and then if one of your allies dies tough fucking shit walk all the way back to the town that hopefully you didn't get lost and you can find again ah to bring them back it was fucking obnoxious oh my god it's just so fucking tedious the combat in this game, my God. Uh, Fallen Snow Kiku wrote in and said, Earthbound and Mother 3 are probably two of my favorite RPGs ever. So I was really excited for this one. But oh boy, I did not like it as much as I expected. Way, way too high of an encounter rate and too much of an early game hell. I may go back to it one day, but every time I've tried to play this game, it's just got me frustrated more than I would ever care to admit. Yeah, even the very early going, when your party is just Nintendo. Uh, you're just grinding around your house. You go out, fight a couple enemies, hike back to home, get some food from your mom, refill your health, save, go out and do it again. Uh, but again, it's so easy to fucking accidentally get too far away and then get caught by a strong enemy and you'll be like one or two shot. It's just like, I don't know. I just think it's broken. I think, I think the whole combat and counterbalancing system in this game is fucking broken. The only plus is that at least the only penalty for dying if all your characters die is you lose half the money you had on you. If you've never played an Earthbound game, uh, when you beat enemies, your dad transfers money into your bank account and then you have to find an ATM in a store and then withdraw cash and then you can use that to buy stuff. So if you've never played one of these games, secret tip, you never carry all your cash on you. Um, Take out what you need and that's it. Because then at least if you die, if you only have 20 bucks on you, you lose $10. You keep all your XP and then it warps you back to wherever you saved last and you can keep going. So at least that's... um, I finally got to the point in the early game when I was just trying to level up Nintendo enough to make it to the first town where I would just fight until he died and then just let it warp me back to my house and go out again because I was keeping my XP. I was like, fuck this. I'm done with it. But yeah, you die so fucking much. And then to top all that off, it's not like like a new town. Every time you find a new town or a new area in a JRPG, there should be new equipment waiting for you, new weapons, new armor. And then you're like, okay, I don't have enough money to buy all this armor and all this equipment right now, so I'll hang around this town, fight till I have enough money to upgrade all my my party's equipment so that we're strong enough to continue on with the game. In this game, you get to new towns and there's no new fucking equipment. You just are constantly warping back to a town early in the game, this weird magical place called Magikint in the game. You warp back to there and that seems to be the only place to go and buy armor. So when you get a new party member, you basically have to warp back to Magikint and then just hike around there and grind in battle till you have enough gold to buy equipment to keep them alive. And God fucking forbid you don't go back to Magikint to get new equipment and just walk around in the part of the game you're in and go to the next town or try to make your way to the next town without going back and getting them all new armor that you can only buy in Magikint because if you fucking 
don't, they're just going to get wrecked. But the problem is you warp back to magic because they're not going to be strong enough to fight. But then the problem is you warp back to magic int, and then you need to fucking, you go there and you grind until you have enough money to get new equipment to armor your new your new party member. Then you need to hike all the way back out of magic int back to where it was because you can't just teleport back to where you were until near the end of the game. Does it, if listening to this episode sounds like a grind, imagine how the game is. Ah, I need a break. We're going to pause for a quick word from a sponsor right here so I can drink some water and compose myself. We'll be right back. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Podcasting's a weird job because I talk to you nerds all the time. Every day, I tell you all about my life, the good and the bad. The ugly... I kind of keep that offline. And it's not that I don't want to talk about it. I'd love to talk about it. I just need to pick and choose who I talk to. We all have stuff that just lives in our minds, rent-free, 24-7. Talking about them can really help because the longer you keep something bottled up, the more likely it is to blow. You've heard me say it before and you're going to keep hearing me say it, Therapy is the way. Therapists can be that ear to bend when you really need to get something off your chest and don't know who to talk to. And BetterHelp is a great way to go about it. I don't BS you guys. I don't say I've used something if I've never used it. I've personally talked to a BetterHelp therapist about the stuff going on in my personal life and I genuinely found it helpful. To have someone to talk to that doesn't have any skin in the game, that can just listen and try to help me come up with a roadmap to get through the tough times... It's just invaluable. It has seriously really helped me. I've talked to my therapist through video and you can do it that way or you can do it over the phone or even just over chat and they give you as many schedule options as possible so you can work a session in around your life. It's licensed therapy as convenient as it gets. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash remember the game today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash remember the game. Like I was saying too, um, the other characters suck. And I understand that like it's JRPG lore. Not every RPG is like this, but you know, a lot of time you get a new party member and they're pretty underleveled and then you got to grind for a little while to get them leveled up and kind of protect them and keep them alive. And they're gaining levels pretty quickly. And that happens in this game too, but they like, they do gain levels quickly, but they need to gain so many levels to become usable. And again, you, there's just nowhere in the towns where you get them to go buy armor for them to keep them hell alive. You need to get a new party member, then warp back to this fucking magic in town and then grind there to come up with enough money to buy them equipment to get them outfitted. It's so frustrating. Like if I get a new character in like, I don't know, what's one of the fucking towns? Riverside or whatever the fuck the town, Riverdale, I can't remember the town was called. If I get a new character there, there should be some armor available in that town that I can grind around there to fill them up. I shouldn't have to warp a halfway across the fucking game to go buy some equipment to, to armor them up, to keep them alive long enough to grind for two hours to level them up to the point where they'll be semi useful. Very frustrating, man. And they're just not that good at characters. The, it doesn't have the, in earthbound, uh, your HP is on like a slot machine or like a, like an old style, like gas tank, gas station, uh, like fuel, like the gauge, like the spinning wheels, uh, this, like the number, you know what I'm trying to say? Like the 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 rotating fuck. I don't know what the what the term I'm looking for is. The odometers, like the odometer readings. Um, 
And in Earthbound, like if you have 400 HP and you take a hit for 400, you don't die. It counts down from 400 to zero. And if you can heal or win the fight or get away before it hits zero, you stay alive with whatever HP you've got there. And I understand that this game couldn't do that. I'm not going to slam it for it, but it just is another thing that I miss. Like this one just has the numbers at the bottom. And then when you get hit, if you have 40 HP and you take a hit of 20, now you just have 20 HP. It's just standard. I'm fine with that. I'm just, for comparison's sake, it doesn't have it. Uh, I will say, well, I have been poo-pooing on this game the whole time. I do love, it's got its charm. It's got the same zany enemies. You've got to fight the 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 weird hippie, the cranky old lady, the, the, the taxi cab, the mad truck. Like you fight, and I know that some of these enemies sound weird. Earthbound's known for its zany enemies, and this one does that too. I really like that it's got so many classic enemies that like I know from Earthbound. Yeah, to see them in the NES versions was very cool. Uh, I like the music in this game too. It's not as good as Earthbound's, but it's got a surprisingly decent soundtrack. So that was very fun. I Those are my pluses to the combat. Everything else about the combat fucking sucks. Uh, the inventory system. Like I said, the inventory system in Earthbound has never been good. The one good thing about this is when your party is just Nintendo, you have eight inventory slots. And this game, as opposed to like potions, you have like hamburgers that you can use to heal. And the problem is if you have five hamburgers, it doesn't say hamburger five. It takes five of those eight slots for five individual hamburgers. And Earthbound on the Super Nintendo did this as well. So the, the, the most valuable thing about getting a second member of your party is it's eight more inventory slots that you can use. And the one thing I like about the inventory system in this more than Earthbound's is that in Earthbound, the, the weapon you have equipped, the armor you have equipped, those take two slots in your very limited inventory. In this one, once you equip an item, it disappears out of your inventory, which is, fuck, thank God. At least that's a godsend. The inventory system still sucks. The one thing about this game is you get like a, a I can't remember what the item is called, but earlier on in the game, you can get a, like a magic bag or something, and it has a whole bunch of secret herbs in it, and you use the herbs to heal, and it's basically like carrying around a bag of like 30 healing potions. It doesn't tell you how many are left in it, but once you get it, you're like, well, I don't need to use any more inventory slots carrying around these herbs to heal with because I've got this one bag that's full of them. I wish there was more of that. Uh, I also find it frustrating that like when you're buying equipment, armor and weapons and stuff, you can't see who can equip it and you can't see how strong it is. Again, if you've got a guide brought up, that's not the end of the world. But like, I this goes like this is a fucking blanket statement for JRPGs. When I'm buying equipment for my party, when I go into like an armor or a weapon store, and you're showing me what your new weapons are, just show me which members of my party can equip it, and is it stronger than the one they have now? And if it is, how much stronger is it? Just make it fucking simple. I hate when I need to look it up in guides and stuff. And this one is another one like that. Fortunately for you, there's next to no fucking places to buy armor. So you'll never really run into wondering if your armor's fucking stronger or not. Because there's never any goddamn opportunities to buy any of it. Fuck. Fucking Earthbound Beginnings. <sighs> Mac Daddy times four wrote in and said, Earthbound Beginnings crawled so Earthbound and Mother 3 could run marathons. It's sad because this game does have the charm of the other two. It has the humor, the colorful enemies, and the crazy locations. It's just those random encounters and the forced grind that kill the enjoyment of this game. Yes, agreed. But I wanted to talk about that. You mentioned that it has the humor, the colorful enemies, the crazy locations. I actually really like the graphics in this game. And I understand how some people would look at it and be like, this is ugly. And yes, by today's standards, it is. And yes, if you compare it to Earthbound, it is. But I actually, have, I have a soft spot. I really, I think it's probably the ugliest of the three if I'm comparing it to Dragon Warrior and Final Fantasy. But I really like the way it looks. I, I love the battle screens, that first person view with the enemy there. And 
everything it's like a beta of earthbound and in a lot of ways that beta is frustrating as far as the mechanics and stuff but in some ways it's very cool hearing the old chiptune music and hearing music that is similar to music from earthbound but in the old retro style and seeing these graphics that are enemies and characters that i know from earthbound but seeing them in an 8-bit style i actually really i want to make sure i make this clear this is an incredibly ambitious video game as is Earthbound, in my opinion. And in an era where JRPGs were still kind of new, and it was all dragons and dungeons and warriors and wizards and swords and shields and magic and stuff, it is a cool concept to see. Here's this kid with a cash card. He can go to ATMs and shopping malls to buy hamburgers to heal with. And they use pay phones to call their dad to save their game. And they equip weapons like baseball bats and boomerangs and yo-yos and stuff like frying pans. Um, I'll give it that. I do think by far this is the most ambitious of those three NES games. I mean, Final Fantasy really swung for the fences too, but I like how creative. Maybe creative is a better word than ambitious. I like how creative this game is. And it's that connection to Earthbound and that creativity and stuff that kept me around as long as I could because I don't think the game is very fun. And if the game had just been Final Fantasy style with swords and shields and wizards and magic and dragons, I wouldn't have lasted as long as I had because I was like, I'll just go play Final Fantasy if I want to do this. But that it tries to be unique and different, it, it gets some of my respect and I hang around. It's just it's just too much of a grind, too much of a slog, too much, it's too difficult, it's too archaic, it's too cryptic, you need to walk through. I just, so much about it wasn't enjoyable. Uh, once I got over, I guess that's the point I'm trying to make. Once I got over my nostalgic ties to this franchise and, and the the the... Uh, novelty of seeing one of my favorite games ever in an 8-bit style uh, like a demake almost I was like okay once I, once that got old I was like I have no need to play this anymore I've, I've it's run its course I'm bored of this now if that makes sense uh, nutsack69420 wrote in and said this was one of the first games I ever quit after spending at least 5 hours on it it'll get better it's earthbound they made it sequel this game can definitely benefit from quality of life improvements in the form of a remake it's a product of its time and it should be left there it's a little harsh, but I do love the idea of a remake. Dude, if they remade this and just cleaned it up and balanced the combat and added a few more items and stuff, I would, I would, it would skyrocket up my most anticipated games list. I'd be when I played Final Fantasy on the NES, everybody was telling me, play one of the remakes, don't play the original, play one of the remakes where they cleaned up a bunch of the issues. I played the original and afterwards I was like, I see why you were all telling me to play one of the remakes. I would love that for this game. I would be all over that. If they would just make, just clean this one up, give us a port, you know, give it a new one, HD or something, and just, oh my God. Because I want to finish this game, but I just can't. It's just not fun. I just started hating it, and I don't want to hate it. I want it remade so I don't hate it. Is that, yeah, I think that makes sense. That's what I'm trying to say. I guess at the end of the day, like the whole game is just a slice of what Earthbound would become, and that's what makes it cool in my eyes. Uh, it was like a piece of gaming history and I'm glad I experienced it. But if it wasn't an Earthbound game, I just wouldn't have played it uh, as long as I did. B-Money wrote in and said, It's such a hard game that I have yet to complete it and I keep kicking myself for it. I have been Earthbound literally hundreds of times. As recent as two days ago, I discovered RetroAchievements.org and I had this be my head... Uh, and that had to be my first game to try it out. Going as far as owning the Mother 1 and 2 GBA cart back in high school and completing Mother 2 on all three save files. I even bought a Mother 3 GBA cart and completed it all in Japanese without actually knowing the language of it all. I think I need to do myself attempt and, a favor and attempt to play through the OG before I listen to this episode. Well, if you made it be money, I, I, if you did play it before listening to this episode, I hope you made it. I wanted to do that as well. 
I've always wanted to play it because I love Earthbound 2 and 3. It is... uh, Who said it? It's a product of its time and it should be left there. I agree, Nutsack. That's that's how I feel about it. Uh, But like I said, I'm glad I played it. I'm glad I saw where the series started. I can't really recommend it. If you're new to the Mother franchise, I would say just play Earthbound on the Super Nintendo. You're not missing anything. I've played Earthbound a billion times. Never played this one before. Never felt like I was missing out on not knowing anything. I'd recommend starting with Earthbound. And then if you love it and you want to see what this is about, go back and try it. But start with Earthbound. That's my opinion. Uh, Just quickly, before I put a score on this, a couple people like this game. And I want to give them credit. They wrote in. Super Garbage Day wrote in and said, I actually own a homebrew physical copy of this game and I beat it on the original hardware and I absolutely love it. I didn't realize how emotional some parts would make me. And High Plains Drifter wrote in and said, Epic Grind and I love it. That is all. So just because I was hard on it, don't write it off. We had people coming by my Twitch streams being like, this is a great game. This is a brilliant game. Some people really like it. So don't take my word. If it's on the it's on the NES online on the Switch, that's where I played it. And then you've got rewind and save states and everything if you need them to. Uh, give it a chance. Not everybody hates it. I just, I hate the game for what it is, but I love the game for being Earthbound. And I can't completely write it off because it's part of a franchise that I love so much. So um, in a rare instance where I'm not going to give it a weird scoring scale, just because you're all probably wondering, if I was scoring this out of 10, I give it like a, like a, like a six. If it wasn't Earthbound, I'd probably give it a four. But because it's Earthbound, I'm gonna bump it up to a six. I think it's a must try for Earthbound fans out there. If you've never played it but you love Earthbound, I think it's worth a couple hours just to see where it started. You know, respect your forefathers, respect your heritage. But if you've never played it, you've never played any of the Earthbound games. Don't feel like you need to start here. Go to Earthbound on the Super Nintendo, and you're gonna be just fine. All right. I think that's it. I know this was kind of a unique episode of Remember the Game where I didn't have a guest. Maybe the review was a little shorter, but I none of my friends have really played this. And I really wanted to just get it all off my chest and geek out about a game that's part of a franchise that I really love. So uh, I'm going to queue up some music now. And when that stops, I'm going to thank me, thank all of you for listening, and then give some shout outs and get out of here. Okay, so uh, yeah, let's go listen to that music. All right, that's going to do it for this week's episode. Me, thank you so much for joining me and talking about Earthbound Beginnings and more importantly, by a billion miles to every single one of you nerds listening to this, whether this was your first Remember the Game or your 244th. Thank you so much for giving us a chance. I really sincerely appreciate it. I'm very grateful. Uh, If this was your first ever episode, 99% of our episodes aren't like this. I usually have a guest that are a little bit different Go back through the archives. Like I said, there's two different episodes about Earthbound. Remember the game number 19, and then we revisited it. Remember the game number 225, and uh, and check those out. And if you didn't hate the show, maybe leave us a nice review, would you? I'm not sure what they accomplished, but they make me feel good when I read them. And a whole bunch of people ask for them on other podcasts, and I need to stay as one of the cool kids. So I'm going to ask for that too. Uh, and if you want more of these, oh, there are hundreds of ad-free bonus podcasts waiting for you for as little as $2 a month at patreon.com slash remember the game. And uh, we offer annual subscriptions. It'll save you your 12th month's fees. And we donate 5% of all of our income to the Stollery Children's Hospital here in Edmonton. So it's just wins all around. You keep the bills on around here. You get a ton of extra podcasts to listen to and a bunch of extra perks. Uh, I'm on Twitch. 
twitch.tv slash member the game. Uh, not remember, but member the game. I'm just over there whenever I get time. I don't really have a schedule, but follow it. It's free. And then it'll tell you when I'm online. You can come by and argue with me. That's always fun. Uh, I have a PO box. You can find that address at rememberthegamepodcast.com. Don't send me anything big. Just send me a letter, a postcard, a note. Let me know where you're listening. Make sure you give me your address. I'll write you one back. We'll be friends. That's very cool. And uh, we just launched a subreddit. If you're on Reddit, look for the Reddit. It's, it's Remember the Game over on Reddit. And uh, you can find that. Check it out. And uh, I think we're up to almost 300 members already. I'm sure eventually it'll turn into a toxic pile of balls because that's what Reddit is. But it's very, very cool for now. So come on over and say hi. It'd be nice to see you over there. Sound off on the show and all that good stuff. All right? Is that all my plugs? Yeah, that'll do. I think that's enough plugs. I'll be back for all our patrons tomorrow with Expansion Pass 158, which will be my Super Mario Brothers movie review. And I'll be back next week for Remember the Game 245. It's an episode that ends in five, which means it's one of our revisited episodes. And it's a big one. We are going to look back at the Tony Hawk Pro Skater franchise. Primarily Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2, but just the franchise as a whole. Really looking forward to that episode. So I hope you all enjoy that. I'm going to thank some patrons and get out of here. Thanks for listening, everybody. And I will talk to you on the next Next one, cheers so long, goodbye. Remember the game is brought to you by our Patreons. I could not puke up all the content I turn out every week without all of your support. The following people are at the senior executive vice president level or higher at patreon.com slash remember the game. And as such, I'm contractually obligated to thank them as quickly as possible. So in reverse alphabetical order, a huge thank you to Zonko504, Zane Donovan, Zamatos, Zach Shepard, Wyatt the Surgeon Who's Not a Surgeon Row, Wolf Magic 21, Wolfgang, Darren, Wildcard, West Gen, Works for Me, Tyler Bauer, Tunable Power, Tristan Anderson, Triple, Trevor McKee, Titan420. Timothy Sabrinsky, Timothy Exuberant Turtle, Thomas Smith, Thomas Childs, The Fletchman, The Keegs, The Fiend, Ryan Carlton, That One Kid Josh, Super Dad Bros Podcast, Super Nintendo Chalmers, Stud Still Smash, Stephen Parnell, Steve Dalk, Squint, Squeak Nut, Sour Goat Face, Slick Rick, Sleeper Hit, Sharonic, Shorzy, Shoeboxer, Sean Ramos, Scott Brooks, Scary Terry, Sam Wright, Sam Carpenter, Sabin, Ryan Perry, Ryan Maurice, Ryan Kinchin, Russell Aldridge, Ruben Elizald, Rubier, Robier. Robbie DLC, Robithin Dick Whittles, Ray San Wontonga, Randy Barrage, Raging Irish, Quiet Place Queen, Preston Dylan Tourette, Postman, Poop Q, Plow King, Pizza. I usually do Barney voice, but I've been talking for an hour and a half. I'm losing my voice. Pizza Dude got 30 seconds. Uh, Peeking at Philip Mamouf with farts. <laughs> I like that name. Phil Lencher, OT Plays Games, Oroku Saki's Gardener, Oh My God, It Froze, No One Cares, No Games, No Beer, Make CJ Something Something, Nicole Novak, Nick Creature, Nerdy Hybrid, NAFE, Nathan Tremblay, Musty Beetle, Mr. Papa Giorgio, Morgan, Mizuru, Mike Maloney, Michael Barjudina, Mercury869, Mellow Yellow8787, Max Sainden, Max Lagroom, Maverick Marty, Matt Zeus, Matt Hamilton, Mark Sneed, Mark But Not McHugh, Makeshift Mallow, Magic Money, Lucas Valadez, Lord Longrod Von Hugendon II, Liquor Like Luke. Luigi, Leroy Westrich, Laces Out Dan, Chris Lovin, Knife Goes In, Guts Come Out, Kia Pup, Kevin Monroe, Kayach, Justin Vizers, Just a Fish, Joe Stone, Jordan, John of the Adult Children Podcast, Johnny CCDC, John Woodruff, John M. Watkins, John Jameson, Joey Mercury, Joe LeBlanc, Joe the Sandman, Joe Buck, Joe, Jay Callahan, Jimothy, Jeff Bergeron, Jam, Jam Ray Pram, that one fucked me up, James Juan Francesco, James Clark, Jameer Williams, Jake Carter, Jacob Adams, It's the Bigfoot, It's OG, Isaias, Ichi Natsuru, Holmes, Ichi Hitchy poo. Oh my god, my throat is tired. Hitchy poo. <laughs> it's a goat. Uh, shout out to gets that reference. Hired goons. Who? High Plains Drifter. Heman Demon. Hego Waffle. Graham. 
Glue Scappin, Gabe, G9PSX, General Fury, Fuzzy99, Frosty P492, Frosty Bear, Fraser Burns, Faded Sufferance, Fallen Snow Kiku, Evolva, Esteban, Navarro, Esteban Navarro. Esteban. Why did I say that as two different words? Esteban Navarro. Fuck, I suck at this. Eric James, E-Man Trucker, Elijah Burns, Jugs and Bad MK, Dr. Nightmare, Doug Dorn, Doogie, Donnie the Dude, Walter, Dill Pickle Rick, Digital Dave, Devilish Sate, Denzalo, Denton Van Zen, Den Boys on the Roof, Decoy Man, DBXJ, DB Cooper, Dave Thompson, Dave McGee, Dar Skywalter, Daniel DeVore, Daniel, Dan of the DNA Gaming, Dan Fuselman, Dakota Guy, current Remember the Game Hall of Famer Mark McHugh, Colin Bollinger, Cody Thompson, Cody Richardson, Chugger22, Christian Gabriel, Chris Williams, Chris Flurry, Chris Dickin, Cesar, Captain N, Cam Nelly23, C-Spin, Bobby Bonestorm, Burt Macklin, Bulma Simp, Bulla, Bud Lightyear, Bucky the Beagle Herder, Brian Richmond, Brian Neese, Brandon Helmheckel, Brandon DeZeba, Bobby Litton, B Money, Blobby Rogers, Blaine the Hoagie Man, B Cuz 19, Biddy, Benjamin Atkins, Beef Dingleberry, Beaver Boy, Balsack Teabagger, there's a lot of Bs, Atrio Wormwood, A Town, Arctic Vision, Antonio Echeverria, Angry Ticks, Andy Hudson, Andrew Wright, Andre, Alexis Ramos, Alexander Camps, Alex R, Agent Booty Pants, Adam Martinet, Adam Blank, Still is Reviewed, Mario Galaxy, Aaron Lawson, and a dude named Adam. My throat is fried so that's gonna do it everybody thank you so much for listening you're the best talk to you later purple monkey dishwasher